Welcome to Dutch Wine Apprentice, the podcast. Dutch Wine Apprentice is a platform created for wine lovers across the world. Our mission is to share our love for wine and educate and inspire others. Next to that, we help winemakers to get in touch with their audience. In our podcast, we interview wine lovers and professionals from all over the world to listen to their wine stories and learn more about wine. The following podcast is an integral recording from our talk show, Cellar Talks. This show was podcasted through Instagram Live on our Instagram page. For this reason, there might be references of images shown in the show, which we obviously cannot display through this podcast. The full video recording of the show can be watched through our Instagram page in the IGTV section. A link to this can be found in the show notes. In this episode, we welcome Daniela Palassa from Palassa Wines, situated in the Piemonte region, Italy. Based in Monte d'Alba, the Palassa Winery owns vineyards in the Ruero area and in the Vaduno Barolo area. We discuss the family winery, the vineyards, grapes and wines, as well as the beautiful Ruero and Piemonte region. We also tasted one of their wines during the show, the Ruero Reserva Arnais 2017. Hello everybody, Um, today we're going to talk to Daniele Palassa and I just uh, invited him to join the call. So um, we're going to talk about the family winery in uh, Piemonte and uh, what they're doing, what wines they're making, uh, uh, what kind of grapes they're using, uh, some history about the family. So we're waiting just a minute for Daniela to, uh, to join us in the call, and um, then uh, we'll start with, uh, with the program. So everybody, thanks for joining in. Hello. Hello, Hello. Daniela. How are you? Doing well, what about you? Good, thank you. Everything okay? Everything okay. I'm happy that you can join us. Nice, nice to see you. Yes, yes. Nice to see you and nice to... Thank you so much for hosting me tonight for for this event. Yeah, I'm happy to do so. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things to talk about, about uh, your family, about uh, the winery, about the region. Uh, so I think it's going to be interesting for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. Let me start for everybody to introduce first a little bit the uh, show because, as you know, it's the first edition, so you're actually the first guest uh, that we have. Um, when we start, I started this uh, Instagram page in spring, I think. Uh, initially, it was just pictures and stories, and we I decided to uh, start a talk show format. And we didn't want to talk only about uh, winemakers and wines and wineries, but everything about wine. So we have different guests in the next six episodes, and uh, obviously there's also winemakers. So three of them is uh, actually winemakers, of which you are one, Daniela. Um, and then uh, the program is on uh, is posted on the Instagram page, so everybody can see uh, who are the next guests, and it will run until January. Uh, after which we will uh, try to invite some new guests uh, to talk about uh, other topics that we didn't discuss. So happy to have you here today, uh, Daniela. Uh, we're going to do some tasting as well, but um, just as one part of the of the show. But uh, first, maybe you want to do an introduction about yourself and about the family and a little bit about the winery already uh, to, for the audience. Yeah. So um, I am um, 
Daniele Pelassa, uh, with my family, we run the Pelassa Winery. Uh, we I work with my brother, Davide. We are the third generation of, of the Pelassa family because uh, my, my parents, my, my father, started officially the, the winery in the 1960s. So this year, the winery had uh, uh, 60 uh, years old. Uh, but um, my, my grandparents, both sides, my fa uh, fathers and my mother, were farmers. So not just winemakers, but they were general farmers. They had vineyards, they produ were producing wine, but they also had animals and other general agriculture. So we are the, now the third generation. Until my, my parents were um, in, in full... Um, business they were very much concentrated in in the local market in the uh, italian market in the north italian market now with uh, with me and my brother we started to do the, the and and uh, and in our vineyards and now we we try to present our wines i don't want to say all around the world but but almost so yeah, that, that's uh, it's the typical uh, way uh, that uh, of, of growing of of a family-run business, uh, family-run winery here in Lyon. The small size, we have now 15 hectares. Uh, we are based in Montadalba. That means in the Roero area. So we don't produce. Uh, we are quite well known also for the Barolo, because we also have a production of Barolo. Mm -hmm. But the main seller is in Monta. Monta d'Alba is in the Roero area. So the, that's why we produce Roero Arneis, the white wine, and Roero Rosso, 100% uh, Nebbiolo grape uh, from the Roero region. Okay, good. Um, I think what surprised me, uh, one of the things that surprised me was uh, the fact that you uh, actually, if you compare to some other wineries in the region, or most wineries in the region, you're relatively young. Um, well, you said yourself, a third generation. So uh, if you compare to some of the old timers, uh, I think uh, uh, this is still uh, relatively, uh, relatively young. Um, how do you see this as a, uh, I would say, a difference between the more traditional uh, winemakers that are in the region? No, you know, sometimes uh, uh, we have we uh, we producers from Piemonte. We had uh, the, the possibility to uh, to have uh, our colleagues, very famous colleagues that were presenting Piemonte wines uh, all around the world uh, since, uh, let me say, 100 years. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, of course, this, this, uh, that kind of wineries, very uh, established, very well-known, are the benchmark for everybody of us. Uh, we, uh, as new generation, uh, have now the... the the possibility to, uh, to present our products. Uh, of course, we are always compared with the big names, with the historical names, but we consider that a plus. So we have a great ambassador, ambassador um, that 
prove all around the world that Piemonte is a land of, of great wines. Uh, of course, uh, the, the new generation has always something to, um, to prove. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, we, we, have, we have to always to keep our very best in order to, to keep the, the same um, star, uh, quality as the big names. And uh, so every year, every vintage is a challenge. And, but uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's a nice job and we, we have a lot of patience and we work every single day in a, the vineyard, in the cellar, to make the best grape as possible, the best wine as possible. Okay, yes. Maybe uh, I will show uh, for the audience, uh, well, some people probably know uh, already where you guys are located, but um, for those who don't know, if you look at the map, um, this is like the uh, central and northern part of Italy. Uh, the orange region is the Piemonte uh, region. So uh, obviously uh, this is a, a very um, high level map, but if you go a little bit more in detail and it's hard to see, but this is like beyond the Piemonte region, you see the Barolo, uh, let's say the dark circles, dark blue. And if you go up, you see uh, Ruero, for example, is where you have uh, quite a lot uh, 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 vines and vineyards. So um, maybe you want yes. to explain us a little bit about the different vineyards that you have, because you do produce a couple of different wines and you have different locations. Yeah. So maybe you can tell us a bit about it. Yeah. Yes. So as, uh, as I said, we, the main cellar is situated in the Roero area. That means uh, on, a, on the part of, uh, of the wine district. So be, we belong to the Alba wine district. So there are two big wine districts in, this, in my region, Alba and Asti. So Roero belong to Alba uh, district. Um, and we, in the, the main difference from the Roero uh, region, wine region, and the Lange, so the Barolo wine region, is, is the soil. The Roero is a, is a younger terroir. So it, 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 on our hills, under our feet, only, let me say, one and a half, two million years ago, uh, there was a sea. So this is, a, uh, geologically speaking, is a sh very short time. So the, our hills grew up from the sea very, very late compared with uh, the hills where we have the vineyard of Barolo. That means in the Roero area, we have more sand. So not only sand, but the percentile of sand is higher. And the sand gives a, a very unique style to the wines, especially to Nebbiolo and Arnaise, to the white wine. So the Nebbiolo grape is, we consider maybe the best grape that we have uh, in, in Piemonte. And, but it's, uh, it's very fascinating because it is very sen sensible. So uh, considering the different um, soil, uh, the different areas, the different exposure, the different condition of the weather, uh, it can change very much his uh, style. So the, the Roero uh, 
area with this good percentage of sand gives a very unique, elegant, feminine touch to this one, to this grape. And that's what makes this terroir um, very special. Uh, on the other part of the region where we have vineyard for the Barolo, for always Nebbiolo, but in the Barolo region, the soil is different. It's more clay, uh, more limestone. Um, the uh, the uh, age of the soil is, is the, of the vineyard of the, of the territory is more old, like uh, nine, uh, ten millions year older, and that makes the difference between Barolo and Roero. Uh, so, yeah. and, and you said you said something very interesting when we uh, first uh, did a, a talk about talking, having you in the show. You were also talking about anise uh, because obviously everybody knows the red wines uh, from the region, but uh, you produce both red and white. So uh, the anise, what is the reason why you uh, at some point started to uh, grow also this grape? Or was this from the start or? Yeah, actually, um, it, it is a very funny story because the Arnaise grape is very uh, is very old in my region. Uh, we have um, we have um, uh, books where uh, we can read uh, uh, speaking about uh, this grape already, like uh, in the six. Um, 60th century, so very, very much, uh, very long time ago. But it was almost, almost, uh, almost forgot. Uh, about 30 years ago, more or less, there was a new trend in the wine uh, making uh, in the wine region, and the demand of white wines, of indigenous grape, of white wines. Uh, was growing little by little, and it, there was a new wave for uh, for this grape, and it is very typical of this uh, area, and with a very uh, classical minerality and salty uh, taste and aftertaste that makes this wine very unique. Okay. And uh, if you look at the picture. And, 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 and sorry, and now in terms of uh, numbers of bottles produced, is the I, know, I mean not just for Pelasa wines, but in general for my region, for the Roero region, uh, we produce more Roero Arnaise, Roero Bianco, the yeah. white wine, than the Roero Rosso. So it completely Much changed more. basically in the last uh, ten years or fifteen years. What is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange, but that is like uh, 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 things uh, were run right. in the last years. You have, you, the you wild have wild wild so many grapes in Italy that uh, some you forget and then they come back and uh, the audience likes it. Yeah, so yeah. somebody tries and yeah. it's a success eh? and now it shows. So if you look at the yeah. picture, you, you can see it right on the t on the, on my screen. Um, which area is this in the uh, uh, sort of vineyards? Yeah, this is uh, the vineyard of, uh, of Barolo, of, uh, of Verduno. Verduno. Uh, 
Yeah, so um, if we compare, uh, I don't know if some of you were already in my region, there are quite a different kind of landscape. Uh, this beautiful picture shows how um, the Lange, so the Barolo and Barbaresco vineyards and hills are. So very um, sweet uh, uh, hills and almost mono, mo, mo, almost only vineyards. So now in this part of the wine region, the, the, the wine growing is, is almost the single, uh, the only one. You only find the houses uh, plus the vineyards, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you see at the very bottom of the hill, some hazelnut trees, just a few. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, because the other um, part of the of the land is used where, where we cannot plant vineyard, we plant hazelnuts. Is okay. is a good uh, complemental um, product for for the. And producers. then you get beautiful pictures like this one, for example, and also. Yeah. For which of these people is famous? In this in, in this vineyard, we are in the Roero. Uh, not exactly in that picture, but in some other. You can see in the Roero is more. Uh, there is, yeah, that, like that one. Uh, you can see on on the the landscape there is full of uh, forest. Still, uh, not just vineyard, not just uh, hazelnuts. But it's still a lot of trees, a lot of uh, biodiversity. That's the main difference between the Roero landscape mm -hmm. with a lot of biodiversity, very important for the uh, wine growing, very, very important, and uh, the Barolo and the Lange, uh, and, and the Lange uh, landscape. And if we talk about the Anais, then this is the uh, uh, Anais grape, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is, and and um, harvested in the in the very typical red basket. Uh, all the um, the harvest is done under uh, manually. So we, we run in the in the vineyard that we we can see exactly at, at the bottom of the, of the grape. Uh, this is one of our best vineyard actually this year. 2020, mm -hmm. we probably will release our uh, our first single vineyard, Roer Arnais, exactly from that vineyard, okay. from the Tucci vineyard. Oh. Yeah. It will be a new, uh, it will be a new wine, new release. Okay. Because you already have quite some wines in the uh, assortment, right? I mean, if you look at the website, too, too much. How, much, how much do you have at the moment? Uh... Uh, no, it's uh, like 10 or 11, but uh, you know, um, 90, let me say 95 or 97 percent of, of our production is for three different grapes uh, Arnais for white wines, Barbera, and Nebbiolo. Mm -hmm. But our, our grapes are so. Um, nice and uh, unique that uh, we can really have very different wines uh, depending on where uh, where the vineyard grows so that's why we have so many wines yeah. because we try to maintain the difference from vineyard to vineyard from terroir to terroir. this is a nebbiolo so, right uh, 
Yeah. Uh, yes. That's the same. I mean, both yeah. are equally equally it's pretty, small, I would say. Smaller fruit and the 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 the, the, the uh, quite um, uh, nice uh, bunch, and I mean. It's, it's uh, very, very clear to understand is the biology, yes. So, and um, tell me a little bit about export because uh, we talked about it and you said yourself in the introduction that it changed totally uh, going from uh, domestic uh, uh, sales to now also exporting quite a lot. So what are we talking about in percentage and which countries are for you now at the moment the uh, well, most important export countries? Um, yeah, at the moment the winery export about uh, 85% of the production. So the local market is is important. The 15% is uh, anyway the most uh, important market in terms of percentual. Um, the rest, uh, so the Italy is, is uh, especially north northwest of Italy, so Torino, Milano, and our corner is, is important, but uh, yeah, we export uh, in many countries uh, uh, the rest. But uh, in, that means no, no more than ten percent in one single country. So we have a, a small and customer in spreading almost all around the mm -hmm. world. So a little bit, in, especially in. Uh, uh, in Europe, is uh, in Germany, in Holland, in Belgium, in Denmark, in uh, Norway, in UK. I mean the, the classical markets, but also in Asia, uh, Singapore, China a little bit. And we started this week in Korea, in the first shipment. Yeah, sometimes uh, <laughs> you have to do uh, something very crazy and new. Yeah, it's some it's so you know it's not it's not just a matter of business. Uh, it's a matter of uh, being also a little bit proud of us that uh, we can see all wines in the in a good restaurant in maybe not in these days, but in a good wine shop in uh, in Seoul or in yeah. Tokyo or in uh, I don't know. Germany or Northern. it's a branding as well, huh? obviously. You, you talked yeah. already about uh, uh, the name that the region has and, and in the world, but then you have to find your own place there uh, as a winemaker. Uh, also, when you look about size, okay, there is uh, things you can do and things you cannot do. Um, you guys recently invested also in the facilities. Okay, tell me a little bit more about that because uh, you had a new project for the winery. Yes, so uh, first of all, when me uh, and my brother started this, this uh, working and uh, with our parents, we decided it was the first priority was to uh, increase our, um, our vineyard. So to, to find the best vineyard, vineyard available in our, in our neighborhood. And we were lucky enough to grow a little bit, not too much, but now we have 15 hectares. And uh, 15 hectares is a good size for two persons, two, two brothers, to make the, I mean, to do things in the best way mm -hmm. as possible. 
Uh, so my brother take care of the vineyard and me uh, I'm taking more care of, of the seller mm -hmm. and, and the public relation. Uh, after this first step, uh, we understood it was uh, the winery, the old winery was not enough uh, efficient as we need. Uh, so we decided to build a new one. So we, we are still uh, in the process of building. Actually, we are already using it. But uh, we have a new, very, I think, very nice, very efficient new winery uh, that really allow us to, to make the best uh, things as possible. I mean, we have an underground cellar for oak aging in the best uh, uh, temperature, natural controlled conditions, uh, perfect humidity, stable uh, temperature all year long. Um, I mean, uh, if we want to, if we wanted to grow in terms of quality, it for it was very important to find a better way to work. So that's why we decided to build this new, to make this new project. And plus, you, plus you, you also invest in facilities for visitors. Huh? I mean, it's a tourism. Tourism yeah. is very important, obviously, for the region and for you also to showcase your wines. So you invested also there. Yeah. Yes, inside the new winery, we have a, a, a new wine shop uh, where we can sell our wines, uh, of course, to tourists, to, of course, to local uh, local people. And uh, yeah, there is um, a lot of, we have a lot of guests during, during uh, the year. Not a lot, but we, have, we were used to have quite a lot of uh, people here in the neighborhood uh, a lot of tourists uh, in in my village. There will be in the, the next uh, future the first truffle museum. You know the museum about the truffle, and that will uh, that will of course um, be a very a very important uh, um, possibility for for all of us to to hear, have even more visitors and of course we want to to prepare ourselves and the winery in the best way to, to welcome people in the best way so we that's why we we, we have this wine shop but we also organize a wine experience like uh, wine tours in the vineyard tasting in the vineyard um, yeah. Um, so people people tracking. can get full experience, not just the product in the end. Yeah, absolutely. They can see how it yeah. grows and made, uh, is made, and etc. etc. We can visit the vineyard and the cellar, and we uh, we have a cooperation with a renting company, bicycle renting company, so they can rent a bike and they can uh, go around in the I mean, in the countryside. It's it's uh we live in the countryside that is very unique, very very wild and uh, worth worth going because weird. at the moment I'm not sure if this is right now, but this was recently. Well, yes, is there snow? It was last week. It was last week. Last week. Uh -huh. We had we had the first snow of the year. You see, we had like 10 uh, centimeter of snow. And uh, yeah, those are our vineyards. In the, 
part of Arnais and part of the Barbera in front of us. So you'll get a taste and, of all uh, seasons basically in uh, Piemonte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a quite, uh, I mean, no, it's not anymore so cold as uh, as 30 years ago, but almost every year we have several uh, several snow um, and uh, I mean, which, which is good, which is good, I guess. I mean, too cold is really not helping you uh, uh, with work in the vineyards, or is it? Uh, I, mean, I mean, the vines are probably used also to uh, the circumstances, but it doesn't really help if it gets really cold, right? Yeah, it, um, yeah but actually, the vineyard do not, uh, I mean, if the temperature go down to minus 15 or minus 20, that happened in the past several yeah. times that was that could be a problem but, but not with uh, 10 degrees so, uh, minus 10 or no I mean, if if there is some cold a little bit cold is not a problem Good. then talking about the wines it's very interesting because um now you've become even more famous because uh you have the um uh, the wines uh, were submitted with Robert Parker, uh, Monica Larner, as you judged the wines recently. So can you tell us a little bit more about this? Because we have a number of wines that have been uh, rated. So maybe you could tell us a, a bit how that went, but also which wines these are. And the, the nice scores obviously speak for themselves, but maybe you want to give us yeah. some insights. Yeah, so it, it was um, for a small winery like us. It was uh, it's, it's the most difficult thing is is to uh, is to have the possibility to let the, the this wine uh, magazine to let them taste the wine. So to have the possibility to present the wines. There are so many wineries, and everybody want to. to be recognized uh, rated yeah but so this time uh, it was uh we were we find out a way to, to present at least to let them taste the wine and it was a great success because we presented six wine and uh, actually it was nine wine because the, the barolo we we had uh, three different vintages and uh, all of them were very well received by monica larda by you know, the, the, the journalist uh, by Robert Parker uh, and with uh, all wines above uh, 90 points that is a great yeah. uh, great absolutely great result for us and uh, that of course uh, gave us a, a good visibility yeah. I, I could not imagine it was so important but uh, uh, well, yeah, the thing is, you know how good your wines are. You don't have to, uh, you don't need it for yourself to prove what the quality is. But in the end, uh, in, in these days, uh, media is very important. Um, people judge uh, also in certain, certain countries, especially, they buy based on yeah. the critics and the ratings. And uh, sometimes you think, okay, I don't need it because my product is good. I know it's good. But still, this pushes you a little bit yeah. in the uh, spotlight. Let's put it like that. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, it's it, for for as you say for for European market is is uh, is a plus, yeah. but is not is not uh, very very absolutely important. But in some, uh, especially in uh, North America, 
uh, they really take care a lot. Yeah, you see a lot the the scores on the bottles even uh, with the on the on the neck, right? Because people just look for the yeah. number on the on the wine bottle. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's something. Some, something yeah, else it's, it's, that was interesting. Um, when you go to the website, you see all the wines, but you even pair the wines with music. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me a bit about that? <laughs> that's nice. I like it. We we have a we have a very good friend. I have a very good friend. He's a maestro, maestro di musica. Mm -hmm. And uh, before being a maestro musica, he is a very good friend, and he's a very good uh, and very nice wine lover. And uh, when we uh, were, were were going to refresh our website, I asked him to to, to try to make a, a music pairing for each of our wines that he knows already quite well. And so he, it was. Uh, it was nice because uh, he taste, was tasting the wine, and he tried to pair his uh, his emotion with with a symphony. And that's why we. It is not. I was helped by by this maestro. It's not my. I. I'm, I must admit, I'm not such expert in music. But it's a, in the end, him. it's an art, and you can say the same about winemaking, right? Yeah, 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 but uh, it, it was uh, absolutely a good uh, experience. And uh, sometimes we organize wine tasting paired with uh, wine, food, and music. Well, I have a little surprise for you because today we're going to taste the wine, as you know. And we're going to taste, uh, let me uh, quickly switch here to this one. We're going to taste the uh, Ruero Anais. Uh, no, the Ruero Reserva. Royal Reserva, the Royal Rosso. Yeah, the Rosso. So the red one for 2017. And yeah. interesting enough, on the website, obviously, it told me which music I should pick. So I found the music. <laughs> and I will just... Uh, So maybe you want to uh, take your glass as well, uh, Daniela, because I think you're going to tell us a little bit about uh, this nice bottle. Um, I'll let you do the talking because you know, you're the expert here. So tell us a little bit about this specific wine and the vintage 2017 and uh, what do we what can we expect? What can we taste? And I know it's difficult uh, to make it visual. So in the meanwhile, I will uh, share this picture, which will make it a little bit more uh, clearer for everybody to see how beautiful actually the, uh, yeah, the, the, the wine is. So tell us a little bit more about the wine and uh, well, we enjoy in the meanwhile the wine. Yeah, so the, the Roero, again, is not very, is not yet very famous uh, appellation, but uh, I must say it's a, it's a beautiful terroir and that gives a very uh, elegant wine. So the Roero Rosso is uh, a Nebbiolo, is Nebbiolo wine, 100% Nebbiolo grape. 
um, grown in, in, in the Roero region. That means in the sandy, very quite sandy hills. And the sandy hills gives a lot of elegance. So we, have, we can uh, combine concentration of power, but with a unique and very, I, I always say, a very feminine elegance. Um, this this Nebbiolo, uh, 2000, Nebbiolo grape 2017 was a nice and positive vintage. was quite hot during during summer, but at the end was uh, in in the, in the last part of the of the season of September. The the temperature that we had a very good excursion of uh, between day and night of temperature excursion. So it was, uh, 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 we consider one of the best vintages we had in the last years. Um, this, this wine was aged in eight, for 18 months in oak, uh, in a part in a botti, uh, 25 hectoliters, so the big botti, mm -hmm. and part in tonno. Tonno, we, we mean uh, 500 liters. Um, yeah, and just we try to be as much. This is our philosophy, actually. We try to have uh, the very, very few, uh, the less, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, taste uh, or, or oak. Uh, Influen oak influenced by the oak. Yeah, we try to be as much pure as possible. Uh, it's even more with the Roe Rosso. Uh, we must um, show how beautiful is this wine, this terroir, with the uh, nice, elegant, uh, floral uh, bouquet. And so we think this wine don't need too much oak aging, too, uh, too long oak, oak aging. This is uh, the way we with, we like to work with this appellation. So what's, what, what are the primal, uh, primary notes uh, for, typically for this wine? I mean, of course we have the oak, but as you said, it's well, a little bit more on the background and building the structure a little bit maybe, but for the rest, typically by the grape? The typical, uh, when, I, when I smell this wine, I, I really feel the, 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 the flowers. Um, if we flowers and spice that is uh, what I, I I can feel with on this uh, on this wine uh, flowers I mean the violet or yeah this this kind of so uh, that goes uh, your feminine flora. feminine touch in the wine right there Sorry? comes the feminine feminine touch in the wine absolutely that's that is uh, exactly what I mean with feminine touch of the wine uh, this uh, floral nose that makes it ma very, make it, this wine very enjoyable, very food friendly. And in the, in the mountain, in the aftertaste, it has uh, the tannins as old Nebbiolos, but the tannins are very gentle, very smooth and, and soft. 
that uh, and and we are again we can really feel the minerality of the sandy soil. Yeah, well, this this so, if I compare to uh, I I do uh, also uh, well everybody drinks uh, occasionally uh, Barolo. Some people drink more than others, but okay. Uh, people know uh, everybody will taste one in their life, and they know they recognize this. But if you compare it to the Barolo with the tannins, for example, there's a huge difference already. I mean, and then you see this is a yeah also because of the sand soil you said. It's a very light, more light-footed wine, I would say. Absolutely, yeah. The, the the power, the concentration is not what we are looking with this wine. We are looking for the finesse. The uh, I, uh, we we try to produce vertical wines, very fine and uh, not not blo a blockbuster wine, but a wine with elegance. That. Don't need, don't uh, mean uh, that we are is is not a wine that can don't have the power to age because the uh, older the Biolo wines, but even more Arroero Reserva has a very interesting um, potential aging potential. It can age uh, 15, 20 years with, with no problem, but he will always maintain his natural finesse and delicacy. So actually this is a question that came in about aging in your wines. Of course when you have uh, quite some different wines, even different grapes, but uh, even differences within grapes, what is recommended by you uh, in terms of the aging of the wine? Uh, how long should people stock the wines in general? Do you have an, uh, an indication for them? Um, I always say the wine have a uh, Piemonte wines have a very nice aging potential. Uh, a Royal Reserva can age 15, 20 years with no problem. A Nebbiolo, a classical Nebbiolo, 8, 10 years. A Barbera, 7, 8 years. That is what we, we, we always say. But it makes a difference, a great difference. It makes uh, the, the aging condition. Yeah. So by our side, uh, and we come back to the what we I was saying before. We uh, we have a, a natural uh, control uh, agent seller, uh, so we have uh, the best condition as possible. Um, and of course, it's important that this good condition, um, uh, the wine finds this good condition also. Uh, by the uh, by the our clients mm -hmm. warehouse and also in the cellar of, of the wine lovers oh. that's that's normal uh, in, in good aging condition uh, Piemont our wines can age without a problem 8 10 15 years depending on the appellation yeah, I, I had uh, the first time when I uh, encountered with your wines, and that was actually how I, I found you at some point. It was uh, this summer when I had a 2012, I think it was a Barbera. So it's also different, obviously, but 2012 is already getting somewhere. And you could really understand that, uh, well, it, it still had some more development potential, but already it, it added quite a lot by uh, aging. And that was really nice uh, yeah. experience, I have to say. So don't drink too early. Yeah, that's, that's the good. message. Yeah, I mean, when it's early, uh, of course, the wine uh, are very are, are more easy in some way, more 
more food very food friendly yeah. very enjoyable uh, yeah. unless but, unless you're going to eat it with a uh, mature cheese uh, as a, as a dessert or something is different but i get you with uh, like a main dish you don't need it to be that old and right because the food will pick up as well uh, in combination yeah. of the uh, yeah. but of course it's it's nice to enjoy a wine with some some uh, some ages or some some uh, time on, on the bottle mm -hmm. And to get the best, uh, you know, uh, experience of uh, how the, this beautiful uh, uh, product can age and can evolve himself in, in the yeah. best way as possible. I, I also always ask about decanting because I know it's a, a personal topic. Everybody has his own opinion about it, um, what is needed or not. But I think it comes hand in hand with aging. What do you think about, uh, what do you suggest about decanting uh, the wines? I mean, for for me personally, is not uh, a must. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, something that, I mean, if the wine has a, a potential, if the wine is good, uh, if the evolution, if the evolution was good, I mean, it, it's something is a, that is not really necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, I think is maybe is better uh, to open the bottle like one hour or two hours mm -hmm. or some hours before, depending on how old is the the bottle. Um, but uh, depending on that, I, I think it's better to open the bottle a little bit earlier rather than yeah. uh, the can. Yeah. But but that is not. Uh, I mean, Arul, that is my personal way. I no, but I it's would, important to you. I, I mean, you you are uh, you, you have to first taste about the wine. You know how the the grapes develop themselves, and you yeah you, you you have a, an understanding about. Uh, when, how do you get most potential out of the wine? And of course, everybody has a personal preference. This, uh, this is normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So um, I, I had a couple of questions coming in and already one or two we answered. But uh, one of the questions that we had is what is your mood at the moment? And I know the person who asked the question is very much into uh, uh, emotional uh, thinking, but also uh, biodynamic, etc. So what is your mood? Having this session, talking about this wine, um, yeah. can you express a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, uh, so now we are speaking a lot of, about biodynamic or or not biodynamic. I mean, I that's my our per, uh, way of thinking. We don't like to put etiquette or on on. On our our philosophy, mm -hmm. or, or but of course we take care as much as possible to several uh, practice that uh, we still do as my grandfather was doing. Like for example, uh, we are not we are pruning this week, for example, mm -hmm. but we will not prune next week when will be the the full moon. Yeah. Full moon will come. The full uh, will come on Sunday this week, two, in two days. So, for uh, and we both we follow that uh, practice also with uh, not just with the pruning but also with the bottling. Today it was a full day in the cellar because we were racking some wine, and uh, we, I try to do 
with no, no, uh, not during the full moon week. Uh, that is an example, just an mm -hmm. example. We try to follow as much as possible uh, what uh, the, the nature um, way of natural way of vineyard uh, uh, growing is suggesting. No. Uh, that is not, uh, we are not uh, in, I don't like uh, to be integralist. Uh, or we try to think of what we do and what is good to do. And you follow your heart. Be, you follow your heart and your instinct, basically. Yeah. Yes. Without uh, having uh, rules to follow, uh, because yeah. we are must be biodynamic and it has to be uh, always, uh, even when it's not. Um, doesn't make any sense. Good. We try to do it. Okay. Um, two more questions that I have, and then we're wrapping up. So maybe some people have a question in the meanwhile, but I have two more on uh, on file. Um, first one, what is your favorite grape? And the second one will come into that. What is your favorite wine? And you don't have to pick your own wine. You can maybe choose somebody else's wine. I don't know. But tell us, uh, well, what's your personal preference? Yeah. Um, yeah, my personal, my uh, best, my personal uh, grape and preference for grape, of course, is in general. That is, I know, is it, is not because I I am a wine producer from Piemonte, but Nebbiolo, I am a very good, uh, very great fan of this mm -hmm. grape. We can find the great wines with this grape, Roero, uh, Barolo, Barbaresco. There are uh, other wine region in uh, in the Alps, in Valtellina, uh, in North Piemonte, Gemme, Gattinara. With this grape, we can really uh, enjoy beautiful wines. But if I have to choose something else uh, about Nebbiolo, I would def definitely go to Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. And, and then the typical French style, yeah. or you have a surprise, because I recently had an Italian Pinot Noir, to my surprise, uh, from Northern yeah. Italy as well, which is a very good region also uh, for that. And it was really good, the combination of Italy and Pinot Noir. City Roll, you mean? Yeah. yeah, they make a very nice Pinot Noir, yeah. Uh, I like the the elegance of the Pinot Noir. Uh, again, it, it reminds me the finesse of the of the Nebbiolo, and uh, even with the Pinot Noir, even if we don't have a, a, a great structures, but we find uh, sometimes we can find beautiful finesse. That, uh, in my from my point of view, is the best. Uh, is what I'm looking for in, on a wine, the wine. So I, I like the finesse, the, the elegance, uh, rather than the power. And in Pinot Noir, many times we can find this kind of wine. Okay, good, thank you. Um, then um, I'm gonna ask if there's anybody in the audience still has some questions. I think I uh, answered most that already came in during uh, the call. So. Maybe in the meanwhile, if somebody has any questions, they can drop them in the in the box. Um, for the rest, I uh, while we're waiting, 
Uh, I would like to uh, also ask you something because uh, about uh, our next guest. Uh, every time we have somebody in the show, and as you're the first one, you uh, don't have uh, anybody else asking you. But uh, I would ask you, do you have a question for our next guest who is uh, going to join us next week on Friday is Vanessa Price. Um, maybe you saw, but she wrote a book called uh, Big Macs and Burgundy. And she's, uh, she's uh, well, she knows really a lot about wine. She does a lot of things. But the book is one of the recent things that she did. And uh, she's a columnist as well in the New York uh, uh, magazine. But um, the book Big Max and Burgundy is about, uh, well, a normal food and wine pairing. So not sophisticated. So when you go, as it says, to McDonald's, buy a Big Mac and you want the wine, which wine should you pick? Like simple things. Um, this is the book that she wrote, but maybe you have a different, very different question for her uh, on the topic of fruit wine pairing or anything else. So I will write it down, and next week when she's in the show, I will uh, I will ask her. Yeah. Okay. No, it's uh, it's sometimes you know we uh, from um, uh, as pr as producer from Piemonte, we have a special. Uh, a special feeling with uh, the Burgundy, uh, Burgundy word and the Burgundy uh, Noir from Burgundy. So um, I would uh, sometimes we are used to, to to match the Italian and the Piemonte food with the Piemonte uh, wines, but would be nice a good suggestion to to enjoy how to enjoy a truffle for for example with a Burgundy wine. So it's, it it would be. Now we are in the truffle uh, season, mm -hmm. and would be good to know her experience match uh, truffle, yeah. not just with Nebbiolo, Barolo, Barbaresco, Roero, but or a very different Gattiano. wine from Burgundy. So how would it work? And yes. Which one would you would she pick, basically? Yeah. Or what? Yeah. Or what? Or what, very... what should we think about when we pick a wine? Because it's more also very important to understand. Eh? I mean, you can remind the name, remember the names, but if you know what to look for, it's uh, obviously very good as well. So I wrote it down. Yeah. I will ask her uh, okay? next week. Okay. And uh, uh, ask also if uh, the, the book is also available in uh, in Italy or not. Yeah, I think uh, so. I think it's, uh, I got it from Amazon, so it's, I think, worldwide available. I don't know about the languages. Uh, of course, obviously, in English, I have it. Um, but uh, to be honest, I think it's uh, available in uh, maybe in more languages. I have to check. Uh, I, I will post more on the, on Instagram in the upcoming week, introducing her as well. So uh, with that, I would like to thank you very much because we uh, don't have any new questions coming in. So... I think we uh, we went through it. Um, everybody can see the schedule for the next weeks. So we have some different guests. We even have, like I said, uh, two other winemakers from Germany and uh, from Spain. So we will have very different experiences. But this one from Piemonte, uh, Ruero, uh, will very stay uh, will stay very close to my to my heart because I think you have a great story. Uh, I think you make great wines. I can testify, I just tasted one. Uh, you were kind enough to send me some others, which I will taste in time, but I have no uh, no question about uh, the quality of that because it all looks very good. Um, I want to thank you for your time. I don't know if you want to add something or say something to the audience uh, to stop. 
I really hope to meet you and the guy, the 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 friends and the, everybody of of uh, the people that are looking this program uh, to to the winery and uh, to show you how beautiful is is uh, Roero, how beautiful is uh, Piemonte. Um, I, yeah, thought, I, I hope I, we can come well, soon because I think it's really worth the visit yeah. and we can spend a couple of hours, everybody can spend a couple of hours visiting you and uh, going into the vineyards, going into the cellar maybe and tasting some of the wine. Yeah. It's a full program. Yeah. Absolutely. It will be my pleasure to, to welcome you and the guys. Okay. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, then for everybody else, just to mention that uh, we hit the 5,000 followers, uh, as some of you might saw. So we're giving away actually a bottle of wine for uh, somebody who uh, uh, wins the contest. Uh, you can uh, see it on the Instagram page. Um, we're going to announce the winner on Christmas Eve. So um, uh, people can choose their own bottle. So maybe they will pick now one of yours. I don't know. I mean, uh, after hearing this inspiring story, it could be that... Uh, they're now convinced about Palasa wine, so it could be very good. But everybody who wants to make a chance uh, or take a chance to win one uh, can go to, uh, to the Instagram page. Um, and we have the new website coming up in the next two weeks. So now we, you can read more about Palasa wines, obviously, because we already have something there, but uh, a transcript of this interview so that people can uh, read it back or maybe watch the video again. And I thank you for your time very much, uh, Daniela. Grazie a te, thank you. You too, okay. and uh, see you, see you soon. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to visit us on Instagram at Dutch underscore wine underscore apprentice and check out our website www.dutchwineapprentice.com for the latest news and content. You can also subscribe to our newsletter through the contact section of our website.